Hello, welcome to the Aussie and Fancy Show. And as you can see, we have a brand new set. See it? Isn't it awesome? Listen, what we lack in production value, we make up for in content. Yes. And adorable accents from that one over there. Anyway, Aussie and Fancy Show, Laura Sanko, AKA Fancy, formerly, I'm a UFC reporter and I also work for Invicta FC and Megan Anderson. Hello. Top UFC featherweight, about to fight Kat Zingano at the end of the year. Yes. Very excited about that. Very exciting. Um, so this show is going to be a little bit different, and that's my fault, because life is handling me, and I'm not handling it. So we're going to do like a Aussie and Fancy light. We've all been there. <laughs> yes. So we're going to do a quick recap of Argentina, and then we're going to talk through one of the women's fights that we thought was of particular note, and then the co-main and main. Sorry, we're not breaking them all down. Like a power breakdown. Kind of my fault. So Life when happens. I work a lot, we might be doing a little bit more of these. Sorry. You can blame it on me. The UFC loves her. It's understandable. Well, working on it. <laughs> anyway, Argentina. Holy cow. That yeah. was a fun one. Yeah, definitely was. A lot of, uh, a lot of very successful debuts. Yes, particularly yes. Particularly on the main card. I mean, those contender series fighters holding it down. Yeah. Between Denver and Argentina, there was three. Three on, Den on the Denver card. Yes, three on the Denver card, and then two in Argentina. They were amazing. So in Argentina, we had Ian Heinisch, yep. who is sort of like a brother fighter because he's Factory X guy, yep. which is sort of a very related gym to us. Yes. Great guy, amazing story. was super happy. Yeah. And he did that on like a week's notice Yeah. against a top 15 middleweight for his debut. That is a huge win for him. That's baller. <laughs> that is baller. Yes. And yes. Ball Z. No joke. No joke. And uh, Johnny Walker. <laughs> Every time I heard his name, I was like, ooh, the alcohol? What's funny is like, everybody no. assumed that that's what it was, and it has nothing to do with that. No. no his parents, I want to say it's like his dad's name and his mom's last maybe maiden name. I don't know. It's some weird amalgamation of his parents' names, and they don't, I don't think they realized it had anything to do with an alcohol brand. But it's cool. Super cool. I wish he wore blue all the time. But that was a, a huge dominating win for him. Good Lord. He, that elbow. Dude, if you, if you listen to it, like I oh. went back a few times and listened to the, like the sound oh. of that elbow. Oh, it was not good. And Khalil Rountree is no joke. He's not. He and just knocked, he just knocked out uh, Gokan Saki. Yes. Yes. Khalil Rountree is a fantastic fighter for him to go out there and do that. And can I just say that that guy, that guy's a handful in the octagon. That guy is also a handful on the mic. <laughs> He's my first interview with him. He was speaking in Portuguese, so I wasn't even sure what he was talking through. But he like was demonstrating this knee that he threw during the yes. fight. And like before I know it, there's literally a knee in my face and my eyes just go. And then in the second one, he double legged me as he was like coming toward me oh my God. in the interview or like he pretended like he was going to double leg me anyway. He's a handful. I like that guy. And then in the main event, we had a huge, it, it could not have gone better for ah. Santiago Ponsonibio. Finally being able to fight in the UFC in his home country with a performance like that. I'm pretty sure his, his corner was just like, you know what, let's just beat the shit out of his leg yeah. for three rounds. Until he, uh, you know, he can't stand on it, then we'll knock yeah, him out. Yeah, what a perfect, what a perfect game plan. I mean, there was not, from that first jab, and then as you say, it was the leg kicks that, that were the story of the fight, but there was not a moment where, where Neil was really, truly gaining a lot of ground and in that fight. And what I really liked to see 
is that like a lot Ponsonibio gets a lot of shit for being like oh he just starts too fast he just goes hard and he mm -hmm. you know slows down he really showed patience he did he really showed maturity with his striking his strike selection and his ability to stick to the game plan so you know Flawless performance by him. I would love, you know, who would love to see him against Darren Till. Oh, that would be good. That would be a great. That fight. would be good. I I didn't realize he was such a phenomenal kicker, but I didn't think so holy either. Holy cow! Because he predominantly just knocks people out. Yeah. Although he had kicked Zach, remember, and Zach walked oh, yeah. through it. Oh yeah. <laughs> when Zach, they fought in Utah. <laughs> Zach has something special going on with his skull. So anyway, Argentina was absolutely fantastic. If you missed it, go on a fight pass, look it up, watch the whole thing. Phenomenal card. Yes. And now UFC Beijing. We UFC have Beijing. the rematch. Yes. Which we'll get into that later, but like we do, uh, we like to cover the women's bouts. There are three bouts uh, for the women on this card, but the one that we really wanted to focus on because we're on short for time is the Jessica Aguilar fight versus Wiley Zhang, mm -hmm. who might not know her, is a savage. She's a beast. She is a beast. Yeah. Firstly, she is physically such a strong straw mm -hmm. weight. And then you're coming up against Jessica Aguilar. Like both of these ladies have been, you know, phenomenal in this division. Jessica Aguilar has been fighting since. What, 2006? Yes. She was in Bellator, World Series of Fighting. She's one and two in the UFC. She's coming off a win over Jody Escobar back in, uh, uh, what was it? It was Boise. Yes, Boise. It yep. was in July. Mm -hmm. uh, two KOs, eight by submission uh, of her 19. She's finished 10 of her 19 wins. But then on the other hand, Zhang. I think it's Zhang. Zhang. Sorry. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, Nine KOs, six submissions, finished, what, that's 15 of her 17 wins. So, like, I'm... That's a ridiculous finishing yes. rate for a straw weight. Ridiculous. And, like, I'm, like, what I'm finding, though, is, like, when you get two very strong finishes, they tend to be very defensively sound. Mm -hmm. So, most of the time, it goes to the decision. So, I, I don't think this fight is going to go... Is, is going to be finished. I think both of them are very strong. They're very durable. They're tough. Um, the one thing I do like about Zhang is she 100% commits to everything she throws. Mm -hmm. She, she, her combos are just so fluid and her movement is so great. And I think movement-wise, she has the edge on Aguilar here. She's tenacious with a takedown, too. If she <sighs> if she doesn't, you know, feel that first single, she'll switch off to a double. Yes. She'll keep going. I mean, and that's she's where Aguilar tends to stick to the one yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and that's where I feel like Jody Escobar was able to do well because her takedowns were predictable, so she was able to stop it and she knew that she wasn't going to change something else. There was a time when people were talking about Jessica Aguilar being the top straw weight yeah. in the world. And it's important that people remember that she has she has the that skill set to draw upon if she can yeah. put it in the right game plan and if she's able to draw upon it. So, I mean, you talk about a woman who beat Megumi Fuji twice. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if you don't know who Megumi Fuji is, you need to go Google that right away because she's like the grandmother of all badasses in women's MMA. Anyway, so there was a time where Jessica Aguilar was at the top. She hasn't quite been able to show that in the UFC yeah. that, but it's in there. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see I if Weili Zhang... I think she has the potential, and I think this is a really important fight to see who moves up the ladder. Yep. 
And I'm going to go with uh, Wiley Zhang All right. on this one. All right. Co-main event and main event, we've got some big boys. Yeah. Big boys. Which is so funny that both of the, you know, Alistair Overeem and Curtis Blaze just fought each other. Yeah, that's all very... In Chicago. But now, Alistair Overeem is training at Elevation Fight Team with Curtis. Which I think... Which is I, so cool. It's so cool. And that show, that's a veteran move right there. Oh, That's yeah. a total veteran move where you don't have... You put pride away. Puts ego You put ego aside. Your camp before you're not loving it, and you go and you train with the guy who just beat you. How perfect is that? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, um, Alexander Gustafsson did that when Phil Davis beat him. Exactly. He went and trained out there, and he only just recently moved back to All, all Star. It's it's I think gym. it's incredibly smart to do that. You know, if if the camp makes sense and there's other big guys out there to work with, it's 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 a good way to do it. It's an interesting matchup because I don't know that you're going to get much of a difference in uh, experience level. Than you're going to see in this fight because even yeah. even Alistair's was 61 or 62 fights, <laughs> he has more than that that aren't even on his record. I He's know. in like the 70s in terms of MMA fights, and then you've got a guy making his UFC debut. Not that he's not experienced; he's seen Which him. He's undefeated. But blows my mind. I honestly think that they're looking to get Alistair a win here. He's on a two-fight losing streak. He's just been finished by Francis Ngannou, yeah. Curtis Blades. So people like watching. Overeem fight. They do. Overeem. Like, everyone, knows who he, everyone knows who he is. Like, everyone loves to tune in and watch his fight. So I think they're really – they're getting it. They, I think they're trying to angle him to get a good win here. But from what I've watched on Pavlovich, mm-hmm. um, he is – he's a good striker. He is he's a good striker. He's got some powerful hands. Admittedly, he's been on the, the Russian – the local Russian scene. Yeah. Um, He's got nine first-round finishes. He has powerful hands. And it's quality. Like, mm-hmm. what is the quality of competition? Obviously, Overeem has had... <laughs> <laughs> all, I can't think of, all a, I can't think of someone that, he's, that he hasn't fought. He's literally fought everyone, probably twice. And then you have Pavlovich, on the other hand, who is like has not fought the level of competition. No. But this is a huge huge opportunity for him to establish his name this if massive he, if he comes out and wins this yeah. that would be that is fin- the, the best like for not most phenomenal outcome for, that he can have from right his now. perspective it's like i've got nothing to lose yeah. and as we all know you know overeem's chin is is not what it was earlier in his career time that's not a knock on him that's just time and physics happening, but well, having what seventy plus fights at heavyweight, unbelievable against some of the heaviest hitters in the world. And he still looks like he's thirty, by the way. It's kind of ridiculous, but um, so I, you know, from Pavlovich's point of view, nothing to lose. He's got a lot of knockouts. He's got heavy hands, but I just think the experience factor. I think I, personally, I think we're going to see a pretty big gap in those veteran moves in. Yeah. And I can actually see over him taking yes. his mat and getting it done on the, yes. on the mat. But you could have said that about him versus Curtis Blades. That's true. Because Curtis has only had 11 fights. That's true. Which is one less than versus Sergi. So, like, you could. It's like he was supposed to be the veteran. That's what makes it an win. interesting like, matchup, absolutely. I, I definitely think that. Well, the thing is, we don't know what Pavlovich's ground game is because it's the, only, never really the, gone. the only way it's gone there is because he's knock them down and he's yeah. finishing them by strikes. Yeah. So I would not be surprised. Overeem has a very underrated ground game. Um, he has, what, 17 wins by submission? Yeah, he does. He's got 31 first-round stoppages. 
That's just ridiculous. It's just amazing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with Overeem on this one. I think, I think not just veteranness. He is. He, I don't think he's underestimating his opponent, but I think he can definitely be confident. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think. Uh, you know, I'm really interested to see how he adjusts and he how his game has changed since moving to Elevation Fighting. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I would have to go back and look, but I know that there's not been tons and tons of stretches in his career where he's had two significant losses no. in a row on such a big stage. So, I, And moving camps, that to me speaks that he's pretty motivated to get this done. So yeah. I, I expect like you'd maybe see some a, new, a newly yeah. motivated Overeem. But yes, I'm going to go with Overeem. All right, main Our event. Main event. This is I'm actually really excited about this fight. I am too. I think I think for the heavyweight division and where Curtis Blade sits right now, even though it's not the most logical <coughs> excuse me, logical fight for him, I'm really excited to see him try and avenge yes. that loss. Because he didn't he didn't I lose. Know. The do he couldn't open his eye and the doctor forced yeah. the stoppage. He wanted to continue. Even the ref wanted. Even the, the ref, ref wanted. was like, no, he he's like, see. no, he can see. And then but, the doctor uh, was like, uh, no. He was like, he, he was can't. like holding. He was like holding his hand over one Curtis eye. Curtis would be like grabbing the doctor's <laughs> arm, like I he can't. would be like this, like look, and he's like, how touch my hand? How many fingers have I? One, <laughs> one. You've got one. One. I can see fine. <laughs> Which, like, kudos to Curtis Blades. Like Francis Ngannou, obviously. Fight ending power, fight changing power. Yeah. Like, Overeem can tell you about that. <laughs> Overeem can obviously tell you about that, which is, I think, is so ironic that now Curtis Blaze has the experience of Francis and uh, of uh, Alistair Overeem in his camp who has fought yep. Francis before. I don't know, it's kind of perfect. Yeah, perfect scenario. But this is, I honestly think the Stipe fight changed and got yeah, and then I think even He's, more so the Derek Lewis fight changed yeah. in Ghana because now he went from I'm afraid of gassing, and I'm just putting words in his thoughts, but I think that's something that people have talked about. Yes. Potentially I'm afraid <clears throat> of gassing to potentially I'm being I'm afraid I'm of being afraid, taken down. I'm afraid of being taken down or knocked out. And so I, I am so fascinated to see what well he moved back to France. Yeah, and he could I mean he could very well come out there, flip a switch and be back to Old Francis Ngannou. But the thing is, though, old Francis Ngannou couldn't knock Curtis Blades out. So, like, yeah. like you have to... And the thing is, though, Curtis's striking is way better mm. now. He has definitely developed his striking. His, uh, he changed his takedowns a lot better. His entry is so much better. Yeah. Whereas I don't think Francis has really improved Evolved since that as, fight. Yeah, the yes. evolution between those two, I, yes. I would agree with. I feel like the thing that concerned me, and it's so hard to say unless you're in those situations, but the, the stories that came out after Nganu's last fight talking about how his ego, and I remember even Dana saying yeah. how his ego had, had kind of changed and had affected him. It's another thing I'm fascinated to see. Has he put that aside? Yeah. Has he put in the work? And is he going to come out there a completely, again, newly motivated new guy? Or has the evolution that Curtis Blades has been making in the time he's been away yeah. going to surpass that anyway? Yes. And that's what we'll find out. I definitely think that like a win here for blades like he has to be the next in line for the title 
It's such a he's messed fu- up situation. He's fucking ranked third in the world. I know. But then we've got Brock Lesnar and what's happening with Daniel Cormier. And then we have Kane Velasquez and possibly he- coming back. Oh my God. I'm so excited for that. So I like put up something on Instagram about it and Curtis like responded to yeah. my story. He was just like, oh, another. He's oh, like, good. He's like, another complaint. He's like, he, he, it, was, it was something along the lines of like, oh, another, uh, another veteran I can take out. I was no. like, no. I was like, don't, no. You you already took Mark Hunt from me. <laughs> you did not get to take Gain Velasquez too. Stop it. <sighs> but anyway, he's a really funny guy. Yeah. I got to sit. I got to sit next to him. That's right. At James's fight. Yeah. In uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> I went blank. Um, super funny. Really down to earth. Um, and what I love is like he's respectful and he knows he doesn't have to. He knows he is. In line for the shot. Yep. So I think this is just experience in the line for him. Uh, and what happens if John Jones, to... goes, John Jones goes up to heavyweight too? It's going to be such a cluster for him. Wow. I know. Anyway, sorry. I, I have to throw that I, in there too. Actually, Between Kane and Brock and John Jones oh, and DC. Well, I think if Kane comes back, DC goes. Yeah, Kane, I agree. Kane, he agree. will not. And and well, he's 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 already said he doesn't he want to fight past his yeah. forty, and he turns forty at the start of next year. So he's yeah. got one more fight <laughs> against Brock. But can you imagine Brock, John Jones, uh, what's his name, uh, Stipe, Curtis, Overeem? We have, have a heavyweight division again. Like, You've been Jesus. missing it. Then you have like you have like people like Tai Tuivasa coming up. But don't get interesting. I know. I actually though I think. I think Curtis beats John. Yeah. Ooh. I think Curtis beats John. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Well, look at Alexander Gufterson. Supposedly, the non-wrestler was the, is the only person who's been able to take John down. Yeah. I'm excited for that rematch. Which, again, another one I'm really excited to watch. Yes. I'm going to go with Curtis Blades on this one. All right. There you have it. Yes. So there you go. Sorry. It's kind of a quickie. A little afternoon quickie for you. Uh... As I continue to travel more, we might be doing a little bit more of these, but we'll, you'll still see our faces. Yes. So we'll, we'll get it in there. We'll get some insight still in Still better you. than nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we have UFC Adelaide next week, so we're gonna, we'll do a little bit of a recap of Beijing. Mm-hmm. We'll, uh, we'll hit you with the Tyson, Pedro, Mark Hunt, Tai Tuivasa <laughs> trio. Yes. Um, the, Aussie, all... the Aussie Mafia. Yes. Uh, so Team Juggernaut, as they as they kind of call themselves, yeah. I think. But uh, Laura will be there in Adelaide too. I will. But I will. I'll be like this. I'm sorry, what time is it? Where am I? What country the, am I in? The lovely, what day is epically it? long flight to yeah. uh, Australia. Have fun Excited with that. Excited about that, yep. Okay. But yes, we will see you next week. All right.